welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by Jim Harbaugh Apologists. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who irrationally hates Tate Martell. That's me, Ryan Newman. <laughs> no no defense there, you're just admitting it. Can't, can't explain it, I'm just accepting it, it's true, it's fact. Okay, and I'm also joined by the other brother, with a man crush on James Franklin. Ah oh, yes, that would be me, Trey Newman. I've always been a huge James Franklin guy. Alright, before we get into the Big Ten East, which is our topic for this episode, we want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter, at CFB Bros. That's the, uh, the best place to ask us questions for the show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at College Football Bros. And leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. But let's get right into it and start with Factor Fiction. What you got, Ryan? All right. Factor Fiction. Of the 12 games Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers play against the top four of the division, they will win at least one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. I'm going to say fact. I think it's Maryland that does it. Maryland catches Sparty at home, but Indiana also has a chance, so I feel like Indiana or Maryland is going to catch someone off guard. I'm also going fact. Uh, have you guys heard that meme, uh, get ready for some game theory? No, have not. All right, we'll get ready for some game theory, Ryan. I, I'm getting ready. Enlighten me. So so I think Michigan State is probably the most vulnerable of the of the big four, and they go at Maryland and at Indiana. So there's no point spread for those games, or at least I couldn't find one. But I did find one. S&P Plus, you know, kind of has those projections. But Yeah, but those aren't don't necessarily always track Vegas. But yeah, I, I did see a point spread for Michigan State at Nebraska, and Michigan State's only favored four and a half. And, you know, most publications kind of have Nebraska slightly ahead of Indiana and uh, and Maryland. So so let's just say Michigan State's favored seven in both of those games. Yeah. If you look at the win probability of seven point favorites, there's only about a 50-50 chance that Michigan State wins both of those games. So it's I'm already at a toss up with just those two games and I've got 10 more, you know, 10 more long shots. So that's why I went fact. Yeah. You know, I consider actually- yourself game theoried. Okay. Will do. <laughs> um <laughs> I actually went back and looked at last year and how they did. They actually did go 0-12. Uh, Oof, but, ouch. But you know what? I'm going to say that's a good thing because they're due. They're due for a win. Oh, that now that is some game theory right there. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to go 0-24 two years in a row, are they? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> so I, 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 said, <laughs> I said fact, and uh, kind of like you guys said, I think uh, you know Sparty has a couple road games that could they could trip up. So I'm going to say fact. Fact or fiction? Other than USC in the Pac-12 South, Ohio State is the favorite that is least likely to win its Power 5 division. You know, it's surprising because Ohio State's so good, but I got to say that's fact. Um, I think it's pretty close with Miami, in my opinion. Uh, but since there's some departures and distractions going on in Blacksburg this offseason, I think they've kind of fallen further behind the hurricane um, in that coastal division. So as good as Ohio State's going to be, there are three other top 15 teams in that division. So I, I have to agree with it, Mike. It's fact. I have to say fact as well. I, I, I think Ohio State's the best team, no doubt. But the depth of the, this division just leads to complete uncertainty, in my opinion, especially since Ohio State 
they're on the road against two contenders in Sparty and, and Penn State. So I think they're going to win the division, but not as easily as compared to some of the other division leaders. Well, I think Miami uh, is maybe really the only one with with an argument. Um, the betting odds would would disagree with us. Miami is actually a bigger underdog to win the Coastal. They're plus 115 and Ohio State's plus 105. Hmm. But I'm going to disagree with those odds. I agree with you guys. Just seems like Miami's more of a lock. Um, and, and there's just yeah more parity at the top of the Big Ten East. Yep, definitely. All right. Fact or fiction, the Ohio State-Michigan game will be winner-take-all in the East. I'm going fact again. Um, we're going to go more in-depth, of course, later in the podcast on our thoughts on, on all the teams. But I think Ohio State and Michigan are the two best teams. I know Michigan's got a tough schedule, but I think they can, they can manage it. I'll say they both have one loss going into that final game, and it's winner-take-all. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it's fact as well. Um, they are the two best teams in the division. And I don't, I'm, I think Ohio State might be going into that game undefeated. And then Michigan State, Michigan could have a loss, but it would still be the same deal. The winner would end up going because um, it'll just come down to that tie break. So, but I'm going to agree with it. I'm going to say it's fact. I say fact as well. I think these are the two most complete teams in the division. And it's going to decide who goes to Indy for the Big Ten title. I think Harbaugh has his best team in Ann Arbor since arriving there. And Ohio State, we all know, is is loaded once again. All right. Did we go fact for every single one there, guys? Oh, wow. I think we did, didn't we? Yeah. That was the most boring game of fact or fiction ever. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, none of these are going to end up going to be facts. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all true. They'll, they'll all end up being fiction. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to our tiered rankings and over under picks, and we will start with the at the top with the contenders. Ryan, who's our top contender? Okay, our first contender is Ohio State. Their win total is being set at ten and a half, and the over is the favorite actually at minus one thirty. They're absolutely stacked this year. J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber return in the backfield to form maybe the best duo in the country. All but one of their pass catchers are back. They get K.J. Hill and Paris Campbell back. And they return four guys on the line that have starting experience, plus a few uh, blue chippers that have been waiting their turn that are going to come in and do really well. They finally have to replace J.T. Barrett. But from what we've seen out of Dwayne Haskins so far... Uh, it doesn't appear that there's going to be much of a drop-off at that position, if at all, honestly. Um, the defense does have more pieces to replace than the offense does, um, but the guys they have moving in are experienced and, of course, talented as heck. Again, Whoa, Ryan, language, please. Language, please. Yeah, excuse me. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> um, they had, so I'll just say, they had 30 guys last year make at least seven and a half tackles, and and 20 of them are back. So there's more returning production than you'd think. Um, they do lose some great players. It was Sam Hubbard, Jalen Hall, Jalen Holmes, and Taquan Lewis. They're all those great defensive ends. But they still have Nick Bosa, who I think will be better than maybe any of those three were. And they also have Chase Young and Jonathan Cooper, young guys that are ready to explode on the scene. Um, so, but they also in the secondary they lose Denzel Ward, who ended up being a top five pick. But they get Damon Arnett and Kendall Sheffield back. So I mean, there's just talent everywhere and. But I, one thing I didn't mention is the the um, the hire of Alex Grinch, the former Washington State defensive coordinator. He's he'll be the co defensive coordinator coordinator at Ohio State and the safeties coach. But that's that's a big impact. So um, I got to go with the over here because S and P Plus actually projects Ohio State to be the the number one team in the nation. Believe it or not. Yeah. No. I'm 
I'm bullish on Ohio State too. I'm I'm not too worried about losing JT Barrett like you were, Ryan. I don't think Haskins will be that much of a downgrade. He was thrust into the the Michigan game on the road and he handled it like a veteran. And besides, with the depth and talent at almost every level, he doesn't need to play at at an All-American level type. But they just have an embarrassment of riches at pretty much every level, including running back with J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. I mean, I could hand it off to those guys and and have a successful season. Hmm. You know, they do lose. They do lose Billy Price, the Remington winner. But, you know, the next blue chip and, and with their returning depth, I think they're going to be just fine. Paris Campbell, he's a walking big play machine on the outside. And I'm, but the Nick Bosa on defense, I'm a little curious to see how he's going to do with all the attention fully on him now, as most of the surrounding pieces went pro, but he's still a stud. So he, he should handle that just fine. But I'm high on Ohio State this year, like, like everyone. And I see them winning all or only losing one. So I don't see them losing two, two games. I'm going over. Yeah, I'm also going over. There's, you guys covered it well. There's really hard to, to find a weakness on this team. I'm also not worried about the offense with Haskins. If there is a slight question mark, maybe it's at linebacker. Uh, they lost Jerome Baker and Chris Worley as well. So those are, those are two big losses and tough Borland, who, who should be a starter this year. He injured his Achilles in spring practice. I think he's expected to be back, but, Maybe something to keep your eye on that could could hurt depth there. Um, but I mean, with the D line and the secondary the way it is, it's going to be a great defense. I'm going eleven and one. All right, who is our next contender? Next one up is Michigan. Their over under sits at nine, with the over being a minus one twenty five favorite. Now we all know Shea Patterson's at Michigan, and he'll be Harbaugh's best quarterback to date at Michigan, in my opinion. Last year, Michigan was pretty average on offense and it's really because of the lack kind (laughs) well yeah that's true poor on offense and it's been the reason has been because of a lack of a a dynamic signal caller so i trust harbaugh and patterson to to lead a a much better offense this season yep he also brought in jim McElwain to help with the offense so so that can only only help as long as he's not humping sharks yeah that's it's always a it's always a potential issue (laughs) it really is so you've also got Higdon and Evans coming back. So the backfield should be in pretty good shape. They returned six guys up front. So the I'm not too concerned with the offense, even though they've had a, a poor track record uh, of late. Defensively, they returned Nickelback Kalik Hudson. So they should be stable back there. Even with basically a brand new defense last season, they were still ranked in the top 10. So now you add another year of depth and consistency. It should lead to another stellar defense. Now, the only problem with Michigan is their schedule, which you mentioned earlier, Michael. They face five potential top 10 teams. They bookend the season at Notre Dame and at Ohio State, and they also drew Wisconsin from the West, which which didn't help their cause. I, I, I really like Michigan, but nine and three with this schedule would still make them a top 10 Brutal. team in my eyes. I'm going to lean over as I see nine or 10 wins, and I have faith that Harbaugh um, is going to do it as people are kind of writing him off. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm going over. Um, the defense is going to be incredible. There's, there's, you mentioned Khalid Hudson, Trey, but there's potentially two All-Americans at every level, or at least guys that have a realistic chance. You got on the D-line, Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich. At linebacker, Devin Bush and 
Khalid Hudson if you want to slot him in there. And then in the secondary, there are two corners. Lavert Hill and David Long are both really, really good. So the defense is going to be amazing. The offense, um, I think Shea Patterson is maybe a little bit overrated, but he will certainly be an upgrade over what they had last year. Tariq, Tariq Black was injured at receiver last year, so that's going to be a big addition. You would think Donovan Peoples-Jones takes the next step in his sophomore year. Now, the offensive line, you said they are bringing back some experience, but I mean, that's really what, in addition to the quarterback play, that's what's torpedoed them the last few years. It's, it's why their offense hasn't been great. I think it's still an issue, um, especially with Mason Cole going to the NFL, but I'm still going to bet on Jim Harbaugh and I'll say 10 and 2 over. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I think 10 and 2 is more likely than 8 and 4 uh, for Michigan. I think this is going to be Harbaugh's third top 10 team, according to S&P Plus. I mean, it's he hasn't had a great records there, but his teams have been good. It's just they've been dealt tough hands with their schedules. Um, and some tough, uh, you know, punting situations and and marking of fourth yeah, downs. Yeah, punting situations, <laughs> exactly. It's It's been tough. It's been tough for Harbaugh so far. But, I mean, I think because they finally have a decent quarterback behind center, notice I said decent and not, I didn't say amazing. I just, yeah. I don't think Shea Patterson's going to all of a sudden be an All-American back there, but he's got to be an upgrade over Spate, O'Corn, and Peters, who were all really bad. So <laughs> I think you're harsh on Spate, but, but fair enough about the other guys. Okay, that, that's true. Maybe Spate wasn't so bad. I'll give you that. But I think still, it's, Patterson has to be an upgrade. Um, but yeah, I'm going over as well. All right. Our next contender is Penn State. Their over-under is 9.5, and, and the under is a minus 125 favorite. They're, they're a difficult team to judge this year. I think probably everyone expects them to be worse. It's just a question of, of how much worse. Um, I think the offense is is definitely going to take a step back. I mean, you lose those weapons for Trace McSorley. You lose Saquon Barkley, Mike Gesicki at tight end, Deshaun Hamilton, their top receiver, and maybe the biggest loss, Joe Moorhead at offensive coordinator going to Mississippi State, of course. So yep. I'm I'm bearish on this offense. Trace McSorley's great, so they're, they're not going to be bad, of course. They're still going to be well above average, but certainly a step back. But I think the defense might decline even more. They only returned two starters. The linebacking core in particular was gutted. Might need to rely on some some freshmen for depth there. So I actually feel pretty good about uh, under here. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going under on the Nittany Lions. I know they have been recruiting well, um, and they do have a decent amount of talent coming back. But losing those key guys, like you said, Mike, and Joe Moorhead's going to kill. And I like Trace McSorley at quarterback, but I don't think he's good enough to carry an offense against top flight defenses like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Wisconsin, who are all on their schedule this year. Um, the defense has got to, I don't think it, there's a, a way the defense cannot take a step back. They lose three defensive tackles, the top three linebackers, the entire starting four in the secondary. So it's just, there's got to be some regression. They're still going to be good because they do have a lot of backups last year that saw a lot of snaps, but I just don't think they can have a top 15 type defense like they've had the past couple years. So I'm going under. Yeah, I'm I'm just so curious to see how big of an impact Joe Moorhead had on this offense. I know they lose some some key figures, obviously. You lose a Saquon Barkley, Jacecki, and, and those guys like you touched on, Michael. But I want to know, did Trace McSorley, is he a product of, of Joe Moorhead or was or was he actually pretty pretty good? So I'm I'm really curious to see that impact. I'm not high on the defense either. They lose just I feel like too much production. But they only have to play at Michigan 
and everyone else really comes to state college. So schedule wise, it's not, not the toughest hand, but I just, I just don't have the overall confidence in, in Penn State. So I'm going to say under as I think Moorhead, the Moorhead loss is going to weigh on them. And I just don't see them coming out of the East this year. All right. Let's get to our next contender. Who's that, Ryan? All right. Yeah. Our last contender, Michigan State. Their win total is being set at nine right now. Uh, and the under is at minus 115. Sparty had a very surprising bounce back year last year, finishing 10 and three. And they return more of last year's production than anyone else in the country. So you would think they would make a big jump from that team. But I'm actually just not that high on them this year. I think they overachieved last year and had a ton of luck. They went 5-1 and one in one-score games last year. And they beat Michigan in a monsoon and beat Penn State after the game was delayed for a few hours in a terrible weather. So yep. I think they were kind of lucky to face two of the four most athletic teams on their schedule in wet conditions. And the other two teams were Notre Dame and Ohio State. They beat Sparty by a combined score of 86-21. to 21. So that 10-win season, I think very easily could have been a 7-6 and six or 8-5 and five type of year. Their offense, it, it was okay. It really wasn't good, actually. Actually, I should say it was pretty bad. They were 92nd <laughs> in S&P+. Plus. <Wow>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and without much change... Um, I just and but they do lose their starting center uh, Brian Allen, but I just don't see a significant improvement there. Um, the defense will still be really good. They only lose a couple of starters, but I don't know. I just feel like eight and four is more likely than ten and two for Sparty. So that's why I gotta I gotta say under. I completely agree with everything you just said there. The part about the the record being a bit lucky and getting getting murdered in a couple games, I think that's a bad sign. I think this team is. Is, is a lot like Michigan, if you think about it, in the fact that the defense was great last year and has a ton of returning production. So so you know the defense is going to be good. And then offensively, both Michigan and Michigan State struggled last year. But I think Michigan has has more excuses last year, most notably the, the, the injury at quarterback. For Michigan State, yeah, they're bringing everybody back, but there's no transfer coming in. There's no big star coming back from injury. So I think the offense will be improved. I, and I, you got to like Brian Lewerke. He's a, a very good player. But I just don't think they're going to take a huge jump forward there, um, and for that reason, I'm I'm going under. Yep. Wow. Oh, far, sorry. Can I can I name one more reason that I'm going under? Uh, yeah. Uh oh. It's important. Uh oh. Enemy of the podcast, Braden Hodges loves Michigan State. Yeah, Braden. Oh wow! I, I didn't actually know that was his squad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big Michigan State guy. Oh, huge Michigan State guy. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Braden. Uh, I think the consensus, consensus for the college football bros is, is under here because, you know, the, the pieces are in place for Sparty, but now they have a target on their back. They're, they're expected to do well. And, you know, even with LJ Scott and Brian Lewerke coming back, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not overly confident in, in this offense. They do, the defense should be solid. Like you guys mentioned, they'll, they'll be top 10. They're very reliable. But I'm just not ready to say that Sparty's ready to compete for the East title, especially against the squads that we were talking about here. So they're just not there yet. But they do get Michigan and Ohio State at home, but they're still just, they're not on their level, in my opinion. So I'm going under. Okay, that does it for the contenders. Let's get to the dark horses. There are none. <laughs> yeah. It would be a complete shock if anyone outside of, of those top four won the division. So I guess we got to skip to the long shots. And who is our first long shot, Trey? The Maryland Terrapins. Their over-under is set at five, 
with the over actually being the big favorite at minus 150. Now, Maryland was absolutely decimated by injuries last year, so much so that it really almost became a joke that people yeah. stayed healthy. It, <laughs> it was did. so you would think that should that should uh injury luck should should turn around in their favor. DJ Durkin, he's done as good of a job recruiting at Maryland as anyone really could, especially within their division. Some of that young talent should take a step forward this season and we we all should remember that Last year, this team went into Austin and and they rolled Texas before they ended up losing their top two quarterbacks. Yeah, they they brought in offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who should help Pegram or Hill turn into more effective quarterbacks. Defensively, they do lose three of the top four tacklers, but they bring in some key transfers: one a corner from Florida State, and then the former blue chipper at Auburn, Cowart. The defense really needs the good recruiting to pay off and develop now. Another thing that we don't ever talk about here, but it's the third leg of the team, is special teams. They ranked last in the country in special teams, so that can only get better, right? Can't get worse. I would think. (laughs) Unfortunately, they don't have the depth of the firepower to compete, So, but I do think they're the best of this this bottom tier. So I'm going to say over as I think the injuries are going to offset from last year and they'll have a solid enough offense to keep them in games. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to take the, the plus money under on Maryland. There, there isn't one game on the schedule where they're, where they're favored by at least nine points. According to the S&P Plus, I'm, I, that's kind of where I'm going off of here. But point is, they're not huge favorites in any game and they're only favored in three. So I know they get Kasim Hill back and Tyrell Pigron back from injury. Um, along with Jesse Anabonum, or Anabonum, I think it is, um, on defense. But it's going to be an uphill battle for six, to get to six wins. Their offense just hasn't been good. It really hasn't been good since 2006. I mean, they haven't had a top 50 S&P, test, top 50 S&P plus offense for that during that period. I think they've had uh, quarterback injury every year going back to 2006. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's their excuse. Okay, But I know they bring in Matt Canada, but until they prove it on the field, and I just I'm just going to assume that they're going to have a bad offense and their defense isn't all that good either. They pretty much never get to the quarterback. They had two players with more than one and a half sacks and ranked 128th in pass down success rate. And they actually lose three of the top four tacklers from that line. So the linebacking situation is pretty much the same. They lose three out of the four. And thankfully, though, for them, they get most of the secondary back. But Trey, as you mentioned, <laughs> the worst special teams in the nation. So I just don't see a whole a whole ton of positives for Maryland to be able to get to six. So I'm taking under. I'm very much disagreeing with you, Ryan. I'm going to go go out on a limb with a crazy prediction here. I say Maryland goes over and they go eight and four. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> what? I just think they're going to be hugely improved. Obviously, maybe eight and four is a long shot, but why not? Wow. Um, the number one reason is is, of course, quarterback play. You guys mentioned the two quarterbacks they have coming back. I mean, both of them in, albeit very limited action last year, looked really good. So it, it was, it's just not fair to judge the offense the rest of the rest of the season after, after those two guys went out. I expect Kasim Hill to be the starter. Starter. He was a, a four star recruit, but Pigram is very talented as well. Uh, they've got a, they've got a nice weapon in Ty Johnson at running back. He had like, I think it was what nine yards a carry a couple years ago. So he, he's very good. And, and the O-line, the O-line brings back a lot of starters as well. And they're, they're a talented group. So I think the offense could take a huge jump. And I think the defense has a lot of potential as well. Trey, you mentioned a couple of the transfers. They also got a transfer from Illinois, a linebacker who 
had 100 tackles a couple years ago. And Ryan, I think Anna Bonham coming back is huge because you talked about how bad the pass rush was. But two years ago, he had nine sacks. So Yeah, Anna Bonham's huge, but but relying on a transfer from Illinois. I mean, hey, <laughs> Illinois defense, you can't you can't slander that defense, Ryan. They've been amazing the past couple of <laughs> years. Um, no, no. And, and they've got a couple of safeties returning that I really like. So I, I think this team could be very much improved on on both sides of the ball and and the third side of the ball special teams. One third of the game, guys. One third of the game. Yep. Okay. Our next dark horse. Oh, not dark horse. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Our next long shot is Indiana and their season win total is set at five. The over is favored at minus 140. So the big addition to this team, of course, came late in the spring and it is Brandon Dawkins, quarterback from Arizona, grad transfer. He wasn't all that good as a passer. I mean, he was okay, uh, but he was a really good runner. So I think that dynamic could really help their offense. Peyton Ramsey, Played as a freshman last year. I mean, nothing special. It's sort of promising through the air, but I would expect Dawkins to be the starter. And the offense also gets a big weapon back in wide receiver Nick Nick Westbrook. He was injured in the opening kickoff last year against Ohio State, so that was brutal. They also get a transfer from Miami on the offensive line, a center, Nick Linder, so that, that should help bolster the O-line. So they'll be better offensively, but the problem is that the defense carried them last year. And it is going to be a lot worse this year. They lose Tigray Scales and Chris Covington at linebacker, along with six other starters. So I can't imagine them. I mean, they'll still be they'll still be solid, but I can't imagine them being 26th in S&P Plus defense again. So for that reason, I'm going under. Yeah, I mean, you, you touched on it, Michael. I, I like Indiana's quarterback situation. They can they could use Ramsey and Dawkins. Uh, if they use them well, they can they can have a two quarterback offense, in, in my opinion. They're both dynamic in their own right. The problem for me on on their offense is it's another year removed from a, a Kevin Wilson style offense, and it's going to be hard to replace a, a guy like Sammy Cobbs at wideout. But there are there are some capable guys like you mentioned Westbrook, obviously another guy like of Timian's caliber. So I'm not really concerned with their offense as I don't think it'll be any real worse than than last year. And then. The defense, you touched on it. They do lose a lot of their back end, but they do return most of their defensive line, so that should be a benefit. And it is pretty amazing what Allen has done with the defense, considering yeah, under Kevin Wilson, they're, they were so primarily focused on offense, and their teams traditionally don't have a great defense. But So I'm actually going to go over, as their schedule has some op- good opportunities to rack up the victories but you know they're still going to get blown out in in the big games but i think they have enough to to get over this total yeah they they pretty much did a 180 on the type of team they have been known to be uh they with that great defense they had last year um i'm actually pretty high on the hoosiers this year though i i like peyton ramsey at quarterback the last four games of his season last year he completed 60% of the passes so i think he's going to make a, a solid jump going into his sophomore year, and I I think he's going to be the starter uh, and beat out Brandon Dawkins personally. Okay. Um, so, but with those two receivers, Nick Westbrook and Luke Timian, and an offensive line that returns everybody, I I like the offense to improve. Um, and I I like Tom Allen's defense. He really knows how to pressure opposing offenses. Eight different Hoosiers had at least two sacks last year, so I think his system works pretty well. I, Michael, I know they lose some key players. Scales and Covington are are going to hurt, but they do return a decent amount of talent that played last year. So I think Tom Allen's going to find a find a way to get it done. They might not have a top twenty five or top twenty six defense like they did last year, but I don't think it's going to drop 
much at that that much. So I'm going to say they do just enough and get to six and six. All right, we are finally to our last long shot. And Ryan, um, the suspense is killing me. Who is it? <laughs> Scarlet Knights, Wreckers, they're our last content, or er, our last. <laughs> oh boy. Shot. Oh boy. Well, wow. Yeah, <laughs> their win total is being set at four. Um, and the under is the heavy favorite at minus 150. Third year for Chris Ash at Rutgers. It's time for him to show us if he's capable of making any progress at all. Uh, they finished 110th in S&P Plus last year. They did have four wins, um, which was two two more than the prior year, but three of them came against sub-100 opponents. So, you know, nothing impressive. Um, the main issue for them has been the offense. It's been it's been pathetic the past couple of years. <laughs> it really has. It has. Ash did hire a new offensive coordinator in uh, John McNulty, and Rutgers fans probably know who that is. Um, he used to be Rutgers offensive coordinator during their glory days of of Mike Teal and Ray Rice. Um, <laughs> Giovanni uh, Rashigno uh, is their quarterback in the present. He's no Mike Teal at quarterback, but uh, Rutgers fans are hoping he'll improve with McNulty back in Piscataway. Uh, the defense will be good enough to keep them in quite a few games. They, they have an, a very experienced back seven. And while they do lose three out of the top four tacklers from the D-line, the line should be okay because they routinely played like eight or nine guys up front last year. So they did have some depth. Um, the non-conference schedule is easy. They play Texas State at Kansas and Buffalo. So, I mean, there's no guarantee they're going to win those all those but i'm gonna say they do Man, that at kansas game that is must see tv right there it is exactly it's it's uh who are the worst teams in power fives it's at oregon state yeah oregon kansas. state's getting left out of that one oregon state kansas and uh maybe virginia maybe virginia yeah so anyways illinois oh don't leave out illinois. oh yeah illinois sorry good one there you go so i'm gonna stay away from the big favorite under here and i'm gonna take the plus money over um, believe it or not, and uh, say they can get to five wins. Wow. Oh, man, that's, that's a bold call, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Rutgers. That, you know, Chris Ash does have a pretty reliable defense. Uh, you know, it's all relative, a, a fairly reliable defense. So that, yeah. that should help them. The linebackers and secondary are going to be their calling card. They've got Kevin Wilkins returning at the end, and he has potential to be a, a solid run stopper in, in the Big Ten. But if they want to go over their total... It's going to have to open early as the as the back half of their schedule is impossible. Yeah, like the last four games are pretty much guaranteed losses. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say under as they just the schedule is too tough and their offense is so poor, like you touched on, Ryan. And so they have weak quarterback play and they need to put replace two of their top rushers. I'm going under. All right, guys, I can't believe we are this far into our Rutgers preview and we have not mentioned the the golden boy, the the hope for Rutgers future, Art Sitkowski. <laughs> oh, wow. True Good freshman point. quarterback coming in. He enrolled early. Um, you know, looked decent in the spring by by all accounts. So I don't know. I why not go with him at quarterback? He was a very highly recruited guy. He was a four star by some um some websites. So he's the guy of the future. And I just say why not? Throw him into the fire. The offense can't get any worse than it was last year. Um so I'm uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Now the offense, it's still it's still going to suck, of course. <laughs> no matter who's that quarterback, uh, they're on their ninth offensive coordinator in nine seasons. So wow, that is uh, it's not great. But but like I said, can't get any worse. And then 
you guys mentioned it. The defense is is actually decent. Uh, they they also get another starter back on in that linebacking court. Tyreek Maddox Williams back from injury. The secondary is is full of experienced juniors and seniors. So I think that's going to keep them in some games. And I will go over. All right, I like it. All right, before we get to the hot seat, though, I've 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 got another joke for you guys. Oh no! What do you call a perfectly thrown deep ball by Rutgers this season? A work of art. Yikes! Yikes! Ah, yikes. Nice, 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 Mike. <laughs> Great. All right, I'm pleased with that response. <laughs> but now it is time for the hot seat, and dun, dun, dun. it is my turn to be on the hot seat this week. So, fire away, guys. Michael, if the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year comes from the East, who will it be? I was tempted to go with with J.K. Dobbins, but. It's hard for me to imagine any running back from the East outgaining Jonathan Taylor from the West. So I had to go with a quarterback, and I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. He's just got an incredible offensive around him. We talked about Paris Campbell, obviously great running back core to support him. So I think that's what gives him the edge over, over Trace McSorley. Okay. Who's the most underrated player in the division? I'm going back to my favorite team, Maryland. Defensive back Antoine Woods came in as a two-star recruit but was second on the team last year with 77 tackles as a sophomore. He also had nine and a half tackles for loss, two interceptions. So I think he's got uh, the potential to make an all Big Ten team this year. Ryan, I think we need to get Michael a, a Maryland hat. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. He's, I'll wear it. He's high on the Terps. All right. Who is the best coordinator in the East? I probably would have said Joe Moorhead last year, but with him gone, I think there's a pretty clear answer. Don Brown, defensive coordinator at Michigan. I'm going to list off his last three jobs and where they were at defensive S&P Plus the year before he got there and then where they were in his final year there. So at Maryland, he took them from 79th to 36th. At UConn, from 63rd to 38th. Boston College, 80th to 2nd. Wow. And then he's had two top 10 defenses at Michigan. So he's unbelievable. He's one of the more, I mean, maybe he's not underrated at this point because he is getting a lot of attention, but he's incredible. All right, Michael, you pressured us into giving you some time to defend Jim Harbaugh, so go ahead. The floor is yours. Oh, my God. Wow, I didn't expect this. Thank oh, you so man. much. No, not at all. <laughs> I just didn't even know this was coming. All right. <laughs> I got a lot of stats here. Okay, we're going back to S&P Plus, and let's start with the year before he got there. They were 48th in S&P Plus. Jim Harbaugh's first year there, fifth. The next year, third. And then last year, of course, they lost a ton of starters. It was expected to be slightly down year. They lost quarterbacks to injury, and they were still 26th in the country in S&P Plus. That's not so bad. So he's still great. Ignore the fact that he's lost some coin flip games. That's that's randomness. It's bad luck. Jim Harbaugh's great, and I love him. I do agree with you on that, though, Mike. Yeah, I do. We're all pro Harbaugh, I think, here. All right. It's time to get to the questionable finish. Jim Harbaugh took Michigan to France this offseason. Where is your dream vacation? Oh, man. I'll take this one first. Um, I'm actually going to do this next summer. Um, my wife and I are going to go to Croatia, Greece. And oh, come on. What? You already stole mine. Sorry. Croatia, Greece, and Italy. We're going to do that in one trip. That'll be... Can't look... I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. I mean, you stole it. Dubrovnik. I've had my eye on Dubrovnik, Croatia for, for a long time. Now, now it's it's seeming to, to be more in vogue, especially with the, the World Cup. Yep. You know, it's, it's going to be crowded, Ryan, actually. I don't even want to go there anyway. It's too crowded. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, you're not going to have any fun. 
I would say I would like to go to Scotland, the home of golf, see the history, see the towns, play some of the golf courses. That would be mine. That's a good one. Penn State has taken advantage of the fact that alum Keegan-Michael Key looks a lot like their head coach, James Franklin. Which celebrity is your doppelganger? I'll go first. Um, not to brag, but uh, a cashier at Panera one time told me that I look like Chris Pine. Nice. Wow. Eh, eh, no big deal. Can you tip at Panera? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's hard, but my grandmother said I look like George Clooney, so I got that going for me. Whoa. Now, whoa. <laughs> wow, if your grandma says so. But seriously, it, more in my early years... I was almost a dead ringer for Ben Savage from Wonder Years. Yep, yep. that's a good one. Um, he, he's kind of, we've both kind of evolved, but in in our youthful years, that I was I was Ben Savage. All right, um, I've been told this a couple of times. Um, apparently, I look like Dexter. Uh, yeah, you the guy do. who plays Dexter, Michael Hall. Apparently, I look a little bit like him. Uh, so yeah. I'm Dexter, apparently. We were with you. That one drunk guy at a Vegas sports book was like, dude, it's Dexter. <laughs> you, <Yeah>. know. <laughs> you know, what's funny is like, that was the first time anybody ever said that. And then like a, a few days later, somebody just said the same thing, like walking up to me. I was like, wow. Okay. Apparently I do. All right. Final question. Name something that is as likely as Rutgers winning the division. All right, guys, I've got the numbers to today's lottery. I'm going to win Powerball, and that's <laughs> way more likely. $430 million or whatever? Uh, for me, it would be anybody ever again telling Trey that he looks like George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say right. better than me getting a hole-in-one. Well, that too. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to say it's as likely as Michael giving Trey a compliment for his podcast performance. Oh, that's fair. That's very fair. Very wow. fair. Yeah, right? <laughs> We're working on the audio quality. We're almost there. We're almost there. Yeah, almost I've there. got a lot to strive for. All right. Thanks for listening to our Big Ten East preview. We will be back in a couple days with our Scott Frost episode, uh, um, our Big Ten West episode. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. And of course, we'll have our Big Ten championship picks. So thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.